Good morning. And good morning in the Zoom room and on Facebook and wherever you are when you're watching this. Please let my words speak for you. Taking a deep breath in. And allowing it to flow outward. Bringing in peace. Breathing out love. And bringing myself into this one perfect moment that God has made. Right here and right now. Letting go of anything that has come before and anything that will be coming after. I know that there is one source of all. And I know that each one of us is that source in beautiful, flowing, living color. And so I take a moment to celebrate that. As I sit in my place of peace and love and I open my heart and I open my mind and I open my soul to hear more of Reverend Diana talking about coming home. I'm deeply grateful for each person here and I know that each person will receive exactly what they need. And so in the stillness I say thank you, Father, Mother, God, and so it is. Amen. Aho, satu. Ashe, ashe, aho, satu. Many endings. Good morning. Oops, I turned my mic on. Welcome. If you're new with us here today, my name is Reverend Diana Johnson, and I'm the pastor and spiritual director here at Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. We're an interfaith community, and we teach universal principles and practical spirituality. This morning, we center our reflections as we move into Teze on coming home. May you come to know this community and perhaps choose it for yourself as spiritual home, spiritual family. And may you come home to the guidance and wisdom of your own mystic heart. So we begin our meditative journey this morning by joining our voices, deepening our intimate connection to spirit. Welcome home to your mystic heart, lay aside whatever came before, let your own intuition start to guide you to heaven's door. Welcome home to your mystic heart. Whatever came 
silence just to feel the vibration in the space from the joining of our voices. Moving more deeply into our Teze meditation time, we make a conscious connection with the global community. Gently allowing the eyes to close or the gaze to be turned downward. Taking a couple of deep breaths. Imagine the breath dissolving any distracting thoughts. And then moving the energy of the mind down into the heart. You may want to place your hand or your hands at your heart. (coughs) Connecting with your own heartbeat. Imagine that your heart is beating with the pulsing energy of the one life. 
beating in tandem with the heart of the mother, with the heart of the father, with the infinite intelligence back of all things. And now imagine that your heart is beating with the hearts of all beings, human, other than human, and that all of creation is pulsing with the same life. Acknowledging the global web of consciousness that is created as we feel ourselves united by the pulsing of life itself. Sensing the radiant light of spirit that shimmers through all of it. And we feel and know our oneness with all that is. And we acknowledge our responsibility to one another as human family and as caretakers of this beautiful and life-giving planet. With every breath and in every moment, we turn once again to new beginnings and to coming home to the truth of our being, coming home to spirit. This transformational journey that we are on, this thing that we call our lives, requires us to make room for the full range of human experiences, to create space for opposites and for paradox, to sometimes let go of our attachment to everything we think we know, to embrace the unknown, and to be willing in every moment to begin again. This journey invites us to open ourselves to exploration, trusting that as we traverse new circumstances, our true home lives inside of us. We are never far from home. Ultimately, we all long for home. The archetypal story, the Wizard of Oz, invited us to remember that the power to go home is always with us. And yet, what if there was nowhere we needed to go to be at home? What would it be like to move through the world, through your life, and no matter where you found yourself, to recognize yourself as fully at home? What are the qualities of home? Ideally, Home is a place 
of safety, comfort, peace, a place where we are loved and respected, and where we love and respect in return. Where we can be fully and authentically ourselves. Where we can replenish our energy and prepare ourselves to interact with the world. We believe in one living universal presence, one essence, one substance, one process that expresses as all of creation. And when we align our thoughts, words, and actions with that presence, it is like going home. We find peace and comfort. We know love and belonging. Because our spiritual nature is our native state. And the divine impulse at the heart of all things will not rest until we have returned. In the words of St. Augustine, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And yet this journey of transformation that leads us back to the truth of who and whose we are is not for the faint of heart. The poet Rumi says that it is not for brittle, easily broken, glass bottle people. This path is for those who are courageous enough to rewrite their stories, to face the untruths they have been living and living with, in service of discovering the deepest kind of truth. We have just come out of the winter a time for being still, for rooting ourselves in contemplation and reflection, for becoming better acquainted with ourselves and finding nourishment for body, mind, and soul. Now, as we move into the springtime, we allow ourselves to be guided in planting new seeds, in setting new intentions writing new stories, and finding new ways to offer our gifts to the world. 
in the words of Tagore, now it is time to sit quiet alone with you and to sing a rededication of my life in this silent and overflowing joy. These words call us to sit in silence in the presence of God, the source and the ground of love, and to rededicate ourselves to the spiritual path, to rediscover what we already know most deeply within ourselves. This too is a kind of coming home. Every soul the road is wandered through so many lives it winds. To slowly we begin to see this dance we do in time. In a moment of grace we wake and find that truth was always known. And there's always, there's always hope. There's always hope. labyrinth of illusion so that we can end all doubt and erase any confusion and find within our minds what our hearts have always known that there's always there's always home there's always home always known and there's always there's always hope there's always home there's always home there's always home
what beautiful poetry and deep truth. Maybe we have wandered into this labyrinth of illusion so that we can end all doubt and erase any confusion and find within our minds what our hearts have always known, that there's always, always home. Wandering, falling, dreaming, waking. It's so worth the coming home. Each face reflecting one truth. Each voice needed for the song. For every soul, the road has wandered through so many lives it winds, till slowly we begin to see the dance we do in time. In a moment of grace we wake and find that truth was always known and there's always home. There's always home. We have referred to this adventure of transformation, this pilgrimage, as a hero's journey. The hero's journey is always a cycle, a round trip. It culminates with a homecoming. At the first threshold, we leave the familiar world behind and we cross over into the unknown. We encounter allies, mentors, and divine assistance, as well as challenges and tests of our faith. It is at the outermost point in our adventure that we encounter our most crucial ordeal. We face our greatest fears. Our old way of being dies, and we are reborn, resurrected. We have slain the dragon, destroyed the Death Star, and we have obtained the reward, a boon, a blessing. But this boon is not for us alone. We must return home to share this healing elixir. So we cross the final threshold, the return to our familiar world. We share the blessing we have attained, transforming our world. Our spiritual gifts are distributed among our community because that is what they are for. We are called to the spiritual path, this hero's journey, this pilgrimage, 
to introduce in the world, into the world, that which it needs. The blessing we have strived for was never for us alone. As we commune together in the sacred silence, let us contemplate the gifts of spirit we have received. What have we done with them? Are we dedicating our blessing to the creation of a love-soaked world? We have returned home again. We have shared our gifts. We and our community are transformed 
more compassionate, more loving. Now what? A part of us wants to sit back and enjoy the fruits of our actions, of our efforts. But we are called into the next cycle of our journey. Our pilgrimage is not over. The spiritual path has no end. We can never fully embody the infinitude of the divine. Spirit calls, so we embark on our next adventure. In gratitude for the gifts of spirit we already have, and for those yet to come, we take heart, empowered to continue our pilgrimage. And we give thanks for Reverend Diana's guidance and encouragement through it all. And we give thanks for the grace and joy of coming home. As we walk more and more closely with Spirit's wisdom, allowing her truth to guide our lives, we begin to see life as a gift, a blessing, freely given for our growth, for our joy and delight. It is as if we are being invited, drink freely of the life you have been given. Don't hold back. Receive all that is being offered. Don't allow the voices of criticism and judgment to hold you back from fully receiving the fullness of spirit. And from the deep call of your heart. When you do, you are rejecting the generous love of God. It is amazing how hard we work sometimes to keep ourselves from freedom. I am forever baffled by how hard it seems to live a life of not holding ourselves back from God. from author Christine Walters Paintner. Drink freely of the life you have been given, meaning the one brilliant, beautiful, and unique experience of being me in this moment of time. She bids us savor the inner landscape of our lives, Recognize that we are here to experience the fullness of ourselves in ache and in joy. We are to welcome in the entirety of our person, body, mind, emotional body, spirit, perhaps beyond this lifetime. We are accepting in the soul's journey, 
past, present, and future. This goes beyond merely accepting it all. It is trusting that your journey is perfect in all of its imperfection. It is uniquely yours and it is a gift. Welcome in all of it. This is what life is for. This is what coming home is all about. We close our meditation this morning with a prayer of gratitude from Don Miguel Ruiz of the Toltec tradition. Today, creator of the universe, my heart is filled with gratitude for the gift of life you have given me. Thank you for the opportunity to experience this beautiful body and this wonderful mind. Today, Lord, I want to express my gratitude for everything I have received from you. I know the way to say thank you for life is by fully enjoying every moment of my life. And the only way to enjoy every moment is to love. Today I will express all the love and happiness that exist in my heart. I will love your creations. I will love myself and I will love the people who live with me. I know that life is too short to waste in misery and drama with the people I love. I will enjoy the presence of the people I love, respecting their choices in life as I respect my own. Today I will graciously receive your gifts by enjoying your gifts, by enjoying the beauty of all your creation. Help me to be as generous as you are, to share what I have with generosity, just as you share your gifts so generously with me. Help me to become a master of gratitude, generosity, and love so that I can enjoy all of your creations. Today, Lord, help me to manifest my creation as you manifest the universe, to express the beauty of my spirit in the supreme art of the human the art of dreaming my life. Today, Lord, I give you all of my gratitude and love because you have given me life. And so it is. Amen. Satu. Ashe. Aho. We're exploring all the traditions that Shalom. I gotta add that. Yes. 
So coming back into this space this morning, we open our eyes and our hearts and our minds and we just take a look around, say good morning to those who are here with us. Take a look at who's here celebrating with you. This is at least one branch of your spiritual family, should you choose it for yourself. One of your support systems. These are the, some of the people that care about you that you can call on at any time. So as we close our Teze meditation this morning, we offer the opportunity for you to share of your financial good with this community in support of the work that we're doing in the world. Um, if you're joining us online, you can find us at mysticheart.org and we have a donate button. It's much more prominent and easy to find these days. Um, so we thank you in advance for all of the gifts of your time and your talent and your skill and your love and your dedication and your financial support. We are preparing for a great adventure with the farmer's market this spring. We're going to have a booth out there every week starting in May after the Vaisakhi Festival the next week. So we want to take part in that as well. Um, so we got approval for having a booth at Vaisakhi Festival as well. So um, some of the work that we do in the community revolves around food. And I'd like to share this brief uh, like two-minute video from Farmer's Footprint to help remind us of one of the good works that we're doing with the gifts, the financial gifts that come in here. We're supporting regenerative agriculture. So enjoy. Regeneration to me means that there was something there at some point and now it's being brought back. These things are old indigenous, old African, they're the old ways. It's a thought process on how you live as well, that you're not just eradicating, but you're, you're being mindful of, of giving back. That's regeneration to us, is we're, we're fortifying the, the soil that we are working with and we live on and we, we take from. I'm Tia Rayford. I'm a chef, a farmer, a yoga instructor. And I'm Matthew Rayford. I go by the name Chef Farmer, which is chef and farmer. I'm also a wellness coach. We are Strong Roots 9. At Gilyard Farms, the land's been in my family since 1874. I am connected to this land. Uh, it is a 200-year return for me to be here. We are the sixth generation to farm it. We're trying to create this wellness farm that's based here in coastal Georgia. What we do is provide product services and experiences focused on wellness from the African-American perspective yeah. for black and brown people. We grow rice, turmeric, ginger, but we got like 50 plus chickens over there. We have kuni kuni hogs. It's not just about cooking. Right. It's not just about farming. It's yeah. not just about, okay, well, let me make a buck. Right, it's all about It's that. really being connected to the impact that food has on our society. Yeah. We have a long way to go in this country to reconnect ourselves to soil and farming and food. Food should not be at a detriment financially to the people who are growing it. If we were able to be more mindful of where we source our food from, make it accessible to everyone, 
and really be okay with putting some of the more processed foods aside for the sake of better health. I think physically, mentally, spiritually, we would have a world that's more connected. I know. So we thank you for your gifts. I know that these gifts come from source to source as source, but that they come through your hearts and hands into ours. And so we are so grateful. We welcome them and we commit to spend well, to invest well, and to serve the community with those gifts. So thank you. And so it is. Okay, well, let's see. Wrapping up today, we do start uh, Redding's Farmer's Market starts next weekend at City Hall. So I always encourage you to support our local farmers. Um, we will be starting a booth if you'd like to volunteer anytime during the summer. We're going to be going for six months, starting the second week in May. It's a big commitment. But just to put ourselves out there because we are very um, involved in, for example, moving uh, food that is unsold that the farmers don't choose to take home with them. We haul that to the mission every week. We've been hauling bread from a local bakery to the mission every week. Um, we are looking in our future to find a space for uh, a community garden that we can take part in so that we can support our own community as well as giving to the community. So lots of things are up for us in the coming year. And we are sort of a food-focused ministry. And if you stay till after the second part of our morning, uh, the conversation, you'll get to be blessed with a British theme for our food today. <laughs> we, we really do enjoy fellowship. Um, so thank you for being here. If you would like any more information about things that are going on here, if you're new, if you'd like to fill out a, a card just to give us some contact information, we don't send out much, but we do a, a newsletter. And uh, we have a bulletin just around on the bench that you can take with you that has things that are going on. March birthday. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh, we're already on the last Sunday of March. Yeah. <sighs> And we do have a cake over there. Does anyone here have a March birthday? The last week of... Oh, my goodness. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Doreen. And April, but she's not here. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Doreen. I'm having to learn all the birthdays. So thank you for being here with us this morning. We're going to sing you either on your way to your day or to get some coffee next door. Come back and join us at 1030 or whatever you hold in your day. May your soul always find what it's looking for. May your heart always lead the way. May you live in peace and harmony 
And may love always fill your day. May your path be strewn with happiness. May success find you everywhere. May you always embrace compassion and grace. And may God always answer your prayer. May you always embrace compassion and grace. And may God always answer your prayer. God bless. Good morning. Good, good morning. morning. Good morning. And good morning in the Zoom room and on Facebook and whenever you watch. Please let my words speak for you. Standing here this morning, I take a deep breath in. And I release it. Releasing also everything that has come before this moment, one moment and everything that I know will be coming after. As I bring myself into the stillness of my heart. Opening my heart, opening my mind, opening my soul. as I prepare to listen as Reverend Diana talks to us about coming home. And I sit in gratitude knowing that I am home. Home with my spiritual family. And so I'm deeply grateful for each person here and for the knowledge I know is to come speaking my words into law, knowing that they are already coming true, I say thank you, Father, Mother, God. And so it is. Amen. Well, let's see. Anybody new wander in yet? Mm. No, nope, not yet. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. If you're new with us here online, uh, my name is Reverend Diana Johnson. I'm the pastor and spiritual director for Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. And we're just happy to have you here today with us. We're an interfaith community, and we teach uh, universal principles and practical spirituality. So this morning we're going to center our conversation on coming home. Might invite you all in closer, depending on how many folks are still next door. 
<laughs> Yay, that's, that's perfect. You know, I was just thinking, there's a new, things morph here because we're independent, we don't have a format we have to follow. And I'm thinking that the second service needs a different kind of an opening. So I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> Forming. But for now, let's go ahead and join our voices uh, in a little more upbeat music. And uh, just welcome, welcome. Does this mean I have to uh, dust off my bugle? <laughs> no bugle. Probably not a bugle. Welcome to the Mystic Heart, join your celebration, lift your voice and sing your part, racist affirmation, spirit made us family with loving hearts to share, together we are joyfully practicing the possible through prayer. And everything's possible. So welcome to the Mystic Heart. All right, if you feel like getting up and moving, you know, you know you're always welcome. Everybody get up on your feet. See the light in everybody you meet. Everybody get up on your feet, see the light in everybody you meet. Let us be reminded of who we've come to be. We are love, we are one, one big family. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 yeah, yeah. Let us make a joyful sound. Here we stand on holy ground. Let us make a joyful sound. Here we stand on holy ground. Let us make a joyful sound. Hey, 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 everybody, get up on your feet. See the light in everybody you meet. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 yeah, yeah. All right, one more minute chance. One more. Changed a few words, so watch the words. We changed it up a little bit from last week. May, May I be happy. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be peaceful. May I be free. May I be free. May I be free. May I be. May my friends be happy. May my friends be happy. May my friends be peaceful. May my friends be peaceful. May my friends be free. May my friends be free. May they be free. May they be free. If anyone has hurt me. I now freely forgive. I now freely forgive. And if I have hurt anybody, if I have hurt anybody, may they forgive me now. May they forgive me now. May they forgive me now.
have no judgment. May I have no judgment. May I have no hatred. May I have no hatred. May I have no enemy. May I have no enemy. May I be free. So if anyone has hurt me, has hurt me I, now freely forgive. I now freely forgive. And if I have hurt anybody, if I have hurt anybody may they forgive me now. May they forgive me now. I forgive myself right now. May all beings be happy. May all beings be happy. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be free. May all beings be free. May they be free. May we all 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 be free. May we be song was written. I love the song. It was written by a friend of ours, Tian Boldu. But ever since it was written, she adopted the meta chant um, from the Buddhist tradition pretty directly, and which that includes, may my enemies be happy, may my enemies be peaceful, may my enemies be free. And I'm feeling like it's time to evolve us. We included the enemies, but we're asking that we have no enemies. We're moving from may my enemies be happy, peaceful, and free to may I have no judgments, may I have no hatred, may I have no enemies, may my heart be free. So it's time to evolve us. They say the best way to destroy an enemy is to make him your friend. That's right. Mm. So we're just going to go with that. And I know TN would support our shifting those lyrics. So I invite you to engage your body in whatever way you choose, whether you want to sit um, still, if you feel like standing, reaching your hands up, whatever works for you. But what we're doing is we're going to take part in our weekly opening of envisioning together a love-soaked world. And so I invite you to call the awareness of spirit into your body so that you can sense the power of this prayer, this prayerful vision, to feel the life moving through you, to feel the love moving through you. Because we are together envisioning a love-soaked world, where all humans are embodying and living from peace and joy and abundance and generosity and justice and freedom. 
living with these as the living principles that guide and direct our lives, our thoughts, our words, our actions. Where all humans practice loving kindness and compassion, honoring and caring for one another, just as we honor and care for this beautiful planet that sustains us all. We're creating a world where all needs are met for all beings. Where all beings have plenty of nourishing food, the safety of a warm and comfortable home, where mental and physical health and education and healthy relationships are ensured by social systems grounded in wellness, and wholeness, where right livelihood and creative contribution and a sense of belonging are known as gifts of the spirit and are available to all. A world in which all beings are valued and respected for their inherent goodness and light, where the peace we cultivate within us shows up in the world as a world free of hatred or violence. We're creating a world that knows no greed, where there's absolutely just abundance in having enough. Enough is enough is enough. Where every being deserves and receives all that is required for a full, rich, and contented life. In this new world of our creation, every single person is a caring and conscious vessel through which generosity is freely flowing. By the power of our collective intention, we write a new story. We create a world that works for all beings. We know that our good work is bearing fruit. We will not lower our vision, no matter the appearances before us knowing with our whole hearts that such a world is not only possible, but it is inevitable as we evolve human consciousness. It is coming into being now. And we trust that this prayer is an integral part of its graceful unfolding. We open our hearts, we open our doors and our arms in radical welcome erasing all lines of apparent separation. We create an open and loving community to which all are invited and in which all have an equal voice. Our powerful vision is moving into form and experience here and now, so we simply let it go and let it be. And so it is. So look around. Here we are. We're back. Oh, Barbara! At, Barbara showed up at the at the break. Welcome, Barbara. <laughs> it's a sunny day. It's not unusual for our younger folks with kids to wander the hills on a sunny day. So we know that wherever our community wanders today, that they are safe and well. So I have a question for you. 
Because you know this is a conversational time, so everybody's wisdom is welcome. Mm -hmm. Have you had any opportunities this past week to practice the actual creation of a love-soaked world? Any opportunities for practice in your week? Sure. Every moment of every day. Every moment of every day. Mm -hmm. I've had a few opportunities this week. It's nice to have tools and to have a vision firmly planted to help guide how we show up in the world. So it takes practice, right? Yes. Yeah. We might not get it right the first time. It might be uncomfortable. We might be called on to put our reactive tendencies and preferences aside or at least make compromises in the interest of harmony and love and wholeness. So this life can be challenging sometimes, but we can't give up, right? We can't give up. The world needs our help. The world needs our help right now, especially right now. We can't continue to do things the way we've always done them and expect anything to change. So. Did anybody here feel like giving up this week? <laughs> yeah. Hang in there. We're going to be okay. I know we are. We have each other, and we have a spiritual family to come home to. So coming home, that's our theme today. So I want to begin the conversation by telling you a story. It's probably a story you've heard many times. It's one of the parables that's taken from the book of Luke in the Christian Bible. Picture this, if you will. The master teacher, Yeshua, sitting in a field surrounded by a group of disciples or followers. And he begins to tell this story. There was once a man who had two sons, one younger and one older. The younger one approached him one day and said, hey dad. I have a great idea. Instead of waiting for you to die so I can get my half of everything you own, why don't you just give me my share right now? Does anyone here have kids? Yeah. Does this sound like something you would agree to? Oh, I'd have to think about it. Apparently this man didn't think that there was anything wrong with this idea or this request. And he divided his property between the two sons. And after a few days, the younger son sold his part of the property, took the money, and ran. In fact, he left the country, wasted his money in, quote, reckless and riotous living. He spent everything he had. Sound familiar to anyone here in your 20s? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, a severe famine spread over the country, and he was left without a thing. No food, no shelter, nothing. So he got a job on a pig farm, feeding pigs. Do you know in the Jewish culture, the pig is the most disgusting and deplorable animal alive? He was Jewish. So pigs carried disease and filth, and they wallowed in the mud. They ate revolting things. But this guy 
was desperate, so he watched the pigs eat their bean pods, and he might even have joined them in sustaining himself with some of this muck. Finally, though, one day he'd had enough. He'd had enough. He thought about his father's hired workers. They had plenty of food. He thought, huh, maybe I should approach my father and ask him to hire me on as a hired hand. Hmm. So he approached his family home. He planned out along the way as he walked what he would say to his father. Something like, Dad, I've been really awful. I've spent every penny you gave me. I have nothing to show for it. I am no longer fit to be called your son. You can treat me as one of your hired workers. He was kind of into drama. <laughs> he was still a long way from home when his dad saw him coming. His poor son looked so ragged and dirty and skinny. And he ran up to his son and he kissed him and he hugged him. Pretty nice guy, huh? Pretty forgiving. Dad, the son said, I really blew it. You should just write me off. But the father called it his field hands. Instead, he said, hurry. Bring him a brand new pair of 501 jeans and a new shirt, <laughs> some new boots, put a gold ring on his finger. Then go and get the prize calf, kill it, fire up the barbecue, Let's have a party. <laughs> I thought my son was dead, but now he's alive. He was lost, and now he's found. So the feasting began. So while this was going on, the older son was still out in the field working. He started for the house, and when he got closer, he wondered what was going on with all the noise. Was that actually the Steve Miller band playing on the speakers in the barn? <laughs> Take the money and run? What? So he called one of the field hands and he asked him, what's happening down there? Your brother's home and your dad's killed the fatted calf. He's so grateful to have him back. The older brother was really ticked off. He was really ticked off. And he refused to go into the house. So his dad came out and begged him to go in to see his brother. But he spoke back to his father. He said, look, all these years I've worked for you like a slave. I've never disobeyed your orders. What have you given me? Not even a package of hot dogs and a keg of beer to have a party. <laughs> and here you've killed your prize calf. This brat wasted all your property on prostitutes, and he comes home, and you throw him a party. My son, the father answered, you're always here with me. You're always here with me. Everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate. I thought your brother was dead, and he's alive. He was lost, and now he's found. Can you identify with the father? Mm -hmm. Ever have a kid go missing? Yeah. But can you also identify with the youngest son? Yeah. 
Ever been 20 and just needed to get out and go? Yeah. Can you identify with the oldest son? Yeah. So here comes your questions. What are we supposed to get from this story? Because it has messages for us today in our lives that are practical messages. What are we supposed to get from the story? Love always. Love always. It's never too late to come home. It's never too late to come home. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Mm. Also, it's not eat, drink, and be merry. Eat, drink, and be merry. So as we're thinking more, and we're going to have lots of time to answer, I'll kind of walk through some more particular questions. But it's important to remember that the Bible is, it's more of a library of stories. It's not a book that's a story that actually goes down a timeline. That's not how it's put together. And it was written in the East for an Eastern population. The stories use symbolism to teach. And what they teach is truth, threads of truth that actually run through all spiritual traditions. And the characters all throughout the Bible are representative of the qualities that each of us hold. So it's meant that we can look at any character in any story and find an aspect of ourselves in that character. So they were written, these stories, up to a hundred years after the life of Yeshua. And they were recorded by scribes based on oral traditions that had been passed down uh, through the Hebrew people over hundreds, maybe thousands of years. So in that context, let's look at ourselves through the eyes of these characters. First, let's go to the prodigal, the youngest son. We can identify with his youth, because we were young once, or we might still be. So we can understand why he left. Why do you suppose the author uses famine as the place where the boy ends up? Symbolic of his own deprivation. Okay, so it's symbolic of his own deprivation. His own emptiness of spirit. His own emptiness of spirit. Consciousness, yeah. So a poverty of spirit. Yeah. Unsatisfying life. Unsatisfying life. Well, I was just thinking on our journey, a lot of times we reach a point where we realize that we don't have really anything and so we start looking we've been looking outside for everything and mm -hmm. we re realize that it's on the inside okay so it isn't out there it's not out there but we keep looking for it yeah we do and then we come home and then we come home symbolism of suffering. and symbolic of suffering yes not enoughness yeah, so emptiness of physical pleasure. Okay, emptiness of physical pleasure. Not even food, enough clothing, enough to stay warm. So he runs out of money, no more food. He's been looking for the physical pleasures to fulfill him. 
and on the mental and emotional level, he is lonely and he's unfulfilled. He misses the connection to family and to home. This is kind of the psychological or emotional representation. And then we've already looked at the spiritual level, Lucinda. Of course, you would go there first. Yay, good for you. Been there, done that. <laughs> so looking outside of ourselves for something to fill the perceived hole. Something is missing. So anybody in here ever done that other than me? <laughs> yeah. Does it work? Hmm. Seems to for a while. Seems to for a while. Only if you're kidding yourself, though. Yeah. So, what does it take to really fill that hole for you? What is your own individual experience of that? Coming home, reuniting with your higher self, with your sense of spirit. Okay. So reconnecting with your, your higher self, your inner wisdom, your inner guide, the spirit within you. You're at a point where I can't do it anymore. I yeah. Need, yeah. I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. I have to make a change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You step into a, onto a path of surrender. Mm, good. And you eventually get to a point where you realize you're really not in control. Okay. So I'm not in control here. I guess I will just let go and surrender to that which is greater than I am and trust that if I go home to spirit, it's going to be okay. Yeah. So he chooses to go home at that time, and this is important. He makes a conscious choice to go home, even at the risk of being made a servant. He chooses family and home and to connect with something outside of himself. So the one who was lost is now found, or so the story goes. But what about the oldest brother? He's really ticked off when he saw his brother come home. And we can identify with that, right? He thought that because he obeyed all the rules, that he deserved the blessing. What was his motivation? Greed. Perhaps greed. Jealousy. Perhaps jealousy. Pride. Pride. Resentment. Resentment. He wanted kudos. He wanted kudos. Approbation, yes. Yes. I think yeah. there's also maybe just a little bit of envy. So mm. he might have been envious? That his brother had been free enough to go do that, but he wasn't. Right. Yeah. That's kind of a sense of, why the hell did I stay here and work? Right. <laughs> what am I doing? But, but the reasons he stayed home, maybe it was just that he loved his family and he loved the work and he wanted to be there. Maybe. Or maybe... He wanted the stuff that came along with that, the comforts. comforts, yeah, the security. Maybe he wanted approval. Or it'd be the good son. The good son. Or maybe he's just happy with his lot in life. 
Or maybe he is happy with his lot in life. So many possibilities that can be read in depending on who's reading the story, right? So, yeah. It doesn't sound like he's happy. Right. If he because, was, you know, it felt like he resents having to do all that hard work while right. little brother was out yeah. messing around. Kind of makes it sound like he's not, because wouldn't, if he was just happy and that's where he wanted to be anyway, wouldn't he just kind of be happy to see his brother again and have the family back together? I mean, you would think. Who knows? See, that's, that's part of the lesson. Though. Yeah, so that's part of the lesson. Lack so, of love? Lack of love from him? Uh-huh. Maybe lack of love. So one lens that we could look through is that that he wanted the stuff, he wanted approval, he wanted the kudos, but that that's not true affection. He's not there just out of affection for his family. It's ego. <laughs> it's ego. Mm -hmm. And it's possible that if he's not there for pure affection, that he's keeping himself so busy in his work that he fails to make time to connect with his father. It might be that he's trying to prove himself so much that he doesn't make time for real connection. So that's one lens you could look through. He seems like kind of a black and white sort of a guy, right? Mm -hmm. It's right or it's wrong. Non-negotiable. He's rigid. He follows the rules. Conservative. <laughs> We're going to skip right by that. So he follows the rules, but does he listen to the callings of his heart? This is a question we could, we could ask about this character. Does he even know what his heart desires, or has he taken the time? Probably not. He doesn't even seem to have control over his own mind, right? He goes off. So... So this is pointing us inward to that part of ourselves. What is our motivation for what we do? When we act in the world, when we respond to a circumstance, when we react to a circumstance, what is our motivation? I. I like this lens because it reminds me to look at am I keeping myself so busy that I'm failing to connect in important places? Because this is a busy work that I do and I love the work, but am I in balance? Am I sometimes kind of black and white in dealing with people? Do I see a right, a wrong? That's kind of a, a reductionist view of, of how life is. I mean, it makes it makes our choices simple, right? But it doesn't make them. It doesn't empower mm. the, the choices. We don't right. make empowering choices from there. Right. Yeah. If I'm getting that busy, mm -hmm. I need to ask myself if I'm avoiding something. Another reason for over-busyness. What am I avoiding? Yeah. So lots of potential in these stories. You can take them all over the place. So 
he doesn't seem to even have control over his own thoughts. You know, I jotted down here, what was his mind doing? I'm the one who's slaving day and night. Off it goes. I'm practically a living sacrifice to that father of mine. You know, who knows where he could be going in his thoughts. I'm such a victim. I'm such a victim. I've denied myself all the pleasures. What else can I possibly do to earn my father's love? These are all things that this character might be thinking and that we might at times think inside of ourselves. He thought his brother's mistakes were unforgivable. No judgment going on there. <laughs> he was resentful of his father's joy, refusing to take part in the celebration. So I don't think I'm alone in saying that I have my moments where these qualities move through me. You know, it's part of being human. Life's not fair. <laughs> Life's not fair. <laughs> Okay, so let's shift to dad. What might the father be symbolic of, a symbol for? Or what message might he have for us? Acceptance forgiveness. And forgiveness. Forgiveness, acceptance. Unconditional love. One interpretation is that the character represents God and our relationship to spirit. And that this character is telling us no matter how much we mess up in our lives, no matter what we do, that we can always come home. We can always come home to our connection. We can always come back to love. It's never too late. The word that keeps coming to mind is spaciousness. Oh, spaciousness. Yeah, that's a nice word. Spaciousness. I have, I, I have actually read a thing by Thomas Keating on this yesterday, on this story, and he brought up an interesting point that, that he had to forgive both sons mm -hmm. because the second son, what he said, uh, had broken the fourth commandment. He disobeyed his father. Right. Come, come on in the house. No, I ain't going in there. Right. You know, so he's he's saying that, you know, from Jewish law standpoint, that was yeah. at least as bad as what his little brother did. Right. Yeah. Another angle. Yeah. <laughs> Love digging into these stories. So what if God had a voice and could talk to us in a way that we could hear? What might he be thinking she be thinking, they be thinking, while speaking to the eldest son at the end of the story. What kinds of things might, might God the Father say to the eldest son? Snap out of it. <laughs> Snap out of it. Grow up. Grow up, Bob. There you go. Take a long vacation. Your younger brother's home. He'll do your chores. He'll take his turn. That might feel good, huh? So some of the things that crossed my mind. You think work and effort 
can stir my affections for you. I already love you more than you can ever know. Nothing you can do can ever change that. Might that be a message from a loving spirit, God, to us? Yeah. How about this? You were a noble servant in the physical sense. You did good work in the world. But you never made time to spend time with just me. Do we sometimes get so busy in our busyness that we forget to just sit in the presence of spirit and be be connected. How about this? You're always working on yourself. You're always working on yourself. I didn't want a better, more improved you. I just want the real and authentic you. Could be a message that spirit might have for us. My love for you knows no criticism. My love for you has already given you all that I have. There is nothing more I can do for you. You're going to have to do it for yourself. He might ask the oldest son, your brother has found his way home. Have you? Ouch. Yeah. So questions that we can ponder, again, taking them internally for ourselves. So I'm going to invite you to close this time today. So there wasn't as much conversation as I had envisioned, and that's okay perfectly okay, but I think thought-provoking, I hope. But I want to close our time, this time, together with a practice today. Practice that I call coming home to your light. So I invite you to gently allow your eyes to close if you're comfortable doing that, and to take a couple of nice deep grounding breaths. Bring us into that still space. As you continue to ground yourself, imagine the breath dissolving any thoughts of what has come before. Moving the mind energy down into the heart space. Quietly connecting to the heartbeat. Imagining your heart beating again with the pulsing energy of life. You are a being of light. Feel the light within you. Feel it radiating, pulsing, 
The light within you is growing and expanding and pulsing with the heart of the mother. It's growing to fill your whole being. You are shining so brightly. Imagine how far your light shines and how it is not limited. Light is never limited. Notice your potential to light up the space around you. Notice how effortless it is for you to shine, to share your light. It just happens unless you block it. Notice how light does not choose where it will shine or on whom. It simply shines. You are a being of infinite light. Divine light. Take a moment to absorb this light into all of yourselves. Maintaining the sense of light within us feeling such gratitude, grateful to know that the light of spirit is forever shining as me and as you, as all beings everywhere, as all of creation. This week, I commit to spending time in reflection, taking time in silence, asking for guidance. Spirit, lead me home to you. Thank you, Spirit, for our time together this morning. I know that it nourishes and supports me and those present in the weeks to come. And thank you for the blessing of life itself. May I be forever grateful. As you prepare to return your awareness to this space and time, do not completely disengage from the light. Light is your true nature. 
keep shining your light as you return your awareness to your form and to the space. I release this prayer, maintaining the vision, maintaining the sense of the light within me. So it is. So anytime you're feeling disconnected, you can take a few minutes to come home to the light, the light of spirit. To the truth of who you are. So, it's time for us to move into the closing of our, our service. Each Sunday we invite you to join us in contributing of your financial good, should you choose to, to the work that we're doing in the world. And during this service we like to um, join our voices in affirmation as a blessing for the gifts that are given. So I invite you, if you are with us online, we have a website, mysticheart.org, at which you can find a donate button if you're interested, or a mailing address. And as we prepare for our offering, I invite you to voice aloud this blessing. As I awaken to the God within me and all around me, I see abundance everywhere I look. I consciously step into that flow of abundance by this act of giving. I offer this gift freely in the spirit of love, blessing and sending it forth to heal and prosper. It is evidence of my deep faith. It does good work in the world and blesses all of creation. I give from a consciousness of abundance. So it is. Amen. So today as we do that, we're going to join Mr. Jason Mraz at the Maranch. Look for the good. Look for the good in everything. Look for the people who will set your soul free. It always seems impossible until it's done. Look for the good in everyone.
Just a minute. We'll, we'll start the party in a few minutes. <laughs> so standing right here and right now, surrounded by love, surrounded by light, I am so deeply grateful for each and every person here and for each and every gift that they bring. Whether it be cleaning during the week, whether it be cooking for the wonderful meal we have today, whether it just be coming here and bringing your love. I am deeply grateful for each person and I'm deeply grateful for the financial support 
that helps us to carry on with Mystic Heart's mission of bringing love and joy and creating a love-soaked world. So at this time, I say thank you. I speak my heart into God knowing that it's already coming through. And I say thank you, Father, Mother, God. And so it is. And so it is. Amen. Bubbles and squeaks. <laughs> Toads in a Bubble hole. and squeak. <laughs> and toad in a hole. All right. <laughs> Love be with you. I think I want a ranch. Uh, I, <laughs> I want a ranch. All together, hand in hand, we see the light. We take a stand, and we are changing a whole new life for you and me. Take your past and set it free and share this blessing. Love be with you, peace enfold you, spirit lift you, breathe it in. Truth come through you, make it flow to you, let joy renew you until we meet again. Love be with you.